and for the millions voting across the nation, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to go This is it, folks. This is the end of the road. Tomorrow we vote. So what are we going to talk about in this episode? Well, I got to talk about how my candidate, Gary Johnson, has not been perfect. I also need to kind of highlight everything that has been going on up till this point and some more. So, tighten your seatbelts, get ready to go, because this is the final, this is the final episode of FritzCast before the 2016 election but could possibly be the final episode of FritzCast ever because the world's going to end after tomorrow. Duh. Get with it. This is the FritzCast Election Day Special. Ooh, you fancy, Doug. This is an Election Day special episode? I just put a lot of burden on myself. Uh, You know what? Before we actually dive in to the show, before we actually do any of that, um, I just want to hold on one second. Let the music fade out. I thought about debuting a new theme song today, and I decided against it because it would be premature. But uh, in the interest of keeping things lighthearted and funny here, I figured, you know, I would share at least a clip of it for you. So let's do that. Oh, come on. That's funny. Watch, watch. We have come to mourn the loss of our great nation. A moment of silence for America. No, seriously, have a laugh, people. Have a laugh. It's lighthearted. It's funny. It is what it is. It's not the end of the world. We'll get into that in a minute. How are y'all doing? It is Monday, November 7th, 2016. Tomorrow is November 8th. Oddly enough, also 2016. And that is, uh, that's this thing called Election Day. I don't know if you guys knew about this, but apparently we have rights as uh, citizens of the great United States of America to vote for our crappy leaders. It's, it's, I'm, this is news to me. I'm baffled. I am truly baffled by the fact that we are, that we're allowed to elect our crap rather than just have our crap appointed. It is true. It adds a, it adds a dynamic to the whole uh, American construct if you ask me. So I've had a I've had an interesting week this last week. Uh, for instance, this episode, I'm feeling a little weird right now recording this. Everybody knows. I, I discussed many, many, many moons ago on a podcast. I discussed how I have big over-the-head uh, headphones so that my voice can be relayed so that I'm not sitting here shouting into a microphone. I can kind of control the volume. Anybody that does audio recording of any kind with their voice, puts audio relay back into their ears. So everybody wears headbuds. Headbuds, headphones. So mine are giant over the ear. They're skull candy headphones. They're not, it's not top of the line. It's not Beats by Dre, all right? It's not a a $100 pair of headphones. I'm a cheap bum right now. It's called being an American. You make things work. So I had a like they were like a thirty dollar, maybe a forty dollar pair of skull candy over the head headphones. I don't have them right now. I have the stupid little earbuds that barely fit in my ear uh from Samsung that I got with my Note five. Again, not the note that explodes. Okay. They stopped selling that one. So nobody can buy it and have it explode in their pocket. So these are the in ear Headphones, which I think Samsung's are better than Apple's. I, I, hold on, hold on, fanboy, sit down. All right, don't, 
argue with me about it yet. I haven't had uh, any updated Apple headphones for like four or five years, maybe. Yeah, I'm going to say five years because I switched to Note 3. And then I got the Note 4, and now I got the Note 5. So you, you see where I went with that, right? I haven't had these Apple ear pods, so I don't know how they stack up. Uh, the Samsung ones I thought were better quality than, than the old school Apple iPod iPhone in-ear headphones. That being said, I still hate in-ear in buds. Uh, these are working surprisingly well today. I'd rather have my over-the-head over pair. Uh, but my wife, my wife, she took them on her road trip to, to okey-doke, to Oklahoma. Um, yeah, she took them on a road trip. So that left me scrambling yesterday. Like, where's my headphones? And she sent me a text message and said, oh, yeah, I took them, by the way. Well, thanks, babe. She needed them more than I did, though. She had a legitimate reason, so I'm stuck with the earpods. They're working good for voice relay. I hate earbuds for, like, music, listening to music. I don't think they're good quality. I think they suck. Not gonna lie. That's why I bought big over-the-ear he over headphones, because I thought it played better quality music, relayed it better. And listening to podcasts, even, it sounded better. And you don't have to stick them in your freaking ear canals. It's, it's Like right now I'm itching my ear. And also my voice sounds like it's right up there in my brain. Right up there in my brain driving me mad. Is this how you guys feel? I certainly hope not. I want to try to make a career out of this. And if I'm driving people mad, it's not going to work out so hot for me. Is it? I don't think so. So there's that. My wife took a trip to uh, Okie Doke. Okie dokie, okie doke. Visiting her grandparents, uh, her grandfather ran into an incident of sorts. Kind of put a scare on her. I said, hey, go out to Oklahoma. I said, I can't get off. I can't. I cannot. I'm not going to. Downside to working corrections, it sucks. You can't get time off. And that's inevitably part of the reason why people end up leaving. It's going to be a podcast discussion probably down the line. Once this political stuff lightens up a little bit, it's still going to be heavy for a while, folks. Because uh, I definitely want to talk into different philosophies and why I think they're right and wrong. And there's going to be... It's going to be great. The podcast is only going to get better, stronger, and more interesting as time goes on. But back to the main point, uh, I can't I can't just get days off on a whim. I can't get block blocks of days off on a whim anymore. I can barely get a day off anymore if I want. So I, I told her, hey, if you can get off work, I'll work some overtime to cover the difference for uh, your paycheck because she doesn't have paid time off right now. So I said, go. I'll work some overtime. It'll fill in the gap. Uh, and that'll be that. So she went. And she is actually on the road right now coming back. Uh, it's about a 20, 21-hour trip, something like that. We've made it before by car. You, you, if you drive and you have drivers switching off and you just go straight, you uh, it's it's about a 20, 21 hour trip. And you're, you're exhausted as hell when it's done, but you got there and you got there the cheapest route possible because buying plane tickets does not, with the way gas prices are right now, it's cheaper to drive. And speaking of, you know, once election day is done, you can kiss these uh, dollar whatever whatever gas price you have right now. I think in Delaware it's hovering around the 190s. Uh, if you're enjoying a dollar 90 gas or, or even low two dollar gas, get get ready for the butt clencher because that's all gone. That's bye bye. It's gonna go back up, and it's gonna it's gonna go back up, and it's gonna reach that three dollar mark that it was at, if not worse. Different story for a different day, but I had, uh, and I have sources for those who are going to say, where's your sources? Besides common knowledge and, you know, basic history patterns, uh, I had heard and read both that the $50 barrel of, of gas, or whatever price we were buying it at, is uh, kaputs. 
and it's going to go back up. And it's just that's just it seems like it does that every election season. It goes down, and people are content or they're happy about it. Even they're like, "Ooh, gas is a buck eighty nine a gallon." And I'm, you know, of course, I've been enjoying it, but I I know doses of reality. I know that many Americans like me aren't living so comfortably living paycheck to paycheck. I'm not in I'm not in such a tight crunch that it's paycheck to paycheck per se, but throw gas up a buck or two and you got me saying, well, I, we can't go do this and drive because it's going to cost too much. Or we're putting it on credit cards, which is even worse. That's just one of the many economic problems we're going to face in the coming years. It is what it is. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm supposed to talk about me right now. This is about me. What about me? What about Raven? Okay, for you wrestling fans out there. So I have been, like I said, my wife's been out. So I have been home alone, which, of course, drives any guy insane, right? It's driven me so insane that I have cleaned the house. I have cleaned the house. All women out there, take note. I, a man, cleaned the house. Okay, I'm talking vacuumed, laundry, all right, dishes. Okay, the only thing I haven't cleaned is the only thing guys never clean, the bathroom. Which, now that I said it, I'm probably going to clean it after I'm done. Because you don't want a wife to come home and go, Why is the house such a mess? You were the only one here. Well, besides the fact that I also have three dogs, two cats, and had nothing but time on my hands... Yeah, that's right. I, I need to clean up the house. I probably shouldn't even be sitting here doing this. should probably make the house immaculate. But it is what it is. So I've enjoyed some quiet time, I guess. Uh, my dogs have gone nuts. Like, I go to work at 3 o'clock. So from 3 o'clock to midnight, roughly about the time I get home, from 3 o'clock to midnight, uh, the dogs were alone in the house by themselves. And so I have a, a, a collie German Shepherd mix. He's big, black, beautiful. Uh, got a like Shih Tzu mix. He is like the most obedient and best dog we've ever had and I've ever had. He's my He's my best friend. No lie. He does whatever you want him to do. If you have like a, a toy in your hand, if you have a ball, if you have a rope toy, whatever it is, he'll do whatever you want to get that toy. He will sit, he will lay down, he will paw handshake, he will do all the live long day. And then at the end of the day, after he's done playing, he just wants to cuddle up with you and it's cute. And you're like, yay. And then I have a Chihuahua Terrier who is, her name is Princess and boy does she act like one. She has to get put in a cage. Uh, well, rather, she has to be... I, I hate saying cage. She has to be put in a crate because she'll just go nuts. She'll find whatever and just tear it up. We have thousands of dog toys, and just like any scenario, they don't go for the dog toys. They go for socks. They go for dirty underwear sitting in the hamper uh, or just trash. So she's annoying, but we love her all the same anyway because she just wants to cuddle up to you anyway. But every night I've come home, the, the, the two bigger dogs, they're free to roam because they don't mess stuff up. When I come to the door, like when I pull the car in the parking lot, they're barking. I can hear them from the car over my music barking. Then I go to the door and open it up, and then they just both attack me. They're like, oh my god, we've been alone for so long. Jumping all over me. And it's not, I mean, it's not the norm for them, but they still got fed. I have water sitting all around the house. Got toys for them. So they're not, you know, they're not just sitting there bored. But my God, I got attacked. My God, I got attacked. So other than that, I've just been playing Battlefield 1, just trying to save the world. What have you been doing with your life? Probably something productive. Oh, no. Actually, before we dive into the rest, I did have a talk with my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law is a recruiter type. 
I wasn't looking for a job for him, but I was looking for advice. And I had a really good conversation with him. It's been a while since I talked to him because they moved out to Arizona for his job opportunity. And so I had a nice long discussion with him about steps I should take since I'm almost done school. We'll be getting my degree soon. So now I'm starting to take steps like boost up my LinkedIn account and uh, build up my credentials and market myself. So be prepared and check out my LinkedIn and send it to people you know because networking. So why don't we hit some news stories because one thing that's infuriated me in the last 48 hours was the Donald Trump rally business. Secret service agents storm the stage, grab Donald Trump, rip him off, pounce on a guy in the crowd up in the front. What was that all about? Now let me, before I actually dive into what actually happened, let me just say, social media blew blew up. And that's what social media does. That's what people on social media do. I got pissed off at so many memes and so many posts I saw. Look, this was the exact one that really set me off. Somebody posted a meme that said it was a picture of Hillary Clinton at her rally in the rain and Donald Trump at his rally. And it said... For Clinton's, on Clinton's side, it said, Bales on rally after five minutes due to rain. On Clinton or on Trump's, it said, Finishes rally after assassination attempt. Choose wisely. Really? Really? That's right. People ran with that story. Assassination attempt. Somebody just tried to assassinate Donald Trump. And it's just, it's a glorious example of stupid spin. All it took was, was a basic reading of uh, news reporting to figure out what happened at that rally. You can look this up online. All right, his name is Austin Kreitz. He was at the rally. And he was holding a sign that said Republicans against Trump. And by the way, there's a lot of Republicans against Trump. Trump called him out when he read the sign, said he was a Democratic plant. Kreitz walked up towards the stage, maybe not the smartest move on the guy, but he walked up towards the stage, and as he walked up towards the stage, somebody in the crowd yelled, He has a gun! Panic ensued. And by the way, there's a Supreme Court case that says this very type of behavior. Shouting fire in a crowded movie theater when there is no fire. Ensuing panic. Endangering lives of people. That's what happened at the Donald Trump rally. And that's not the narrative you get from the Trump campaign or Trumpies. I would take you guys a little more seriously. I'd give you the benefit of the doubt if you admitted stupidity where it's at. Guy at a Donald Trump rally holding a Republicans against Trump. It's called free speech. They're allowed to remove him. Sure. Because it's Donald Trump's private rally. He's allowed to pick and choose who he lets in. So, say he holds the sign up. Trump points at it and says, What a loser. What a loser. Get him out of here. And they come and they take him out. That's fine. We're not debating that. Kreitz may have, may have, and I say that word with not even a huge stretch. He did. He approached the stage kind of dumb, kind of dumb, considering how close we are to the election and thinking in in a third mind, I guess, thinking from outside your perspective, you should have looked at it and gone, I'm walking up to, I'm walking up toward Donald Trump standing on a stage, presidential candidate. Wildly loved and disliked at the same time. How's the Secret Service going to react to me? That's what a smart person says. But guess what? People aren't exactly smart. So he runs up towards the stage. Well, not even runs. He approaches the stage. And somebody in the crowd yells, He's got a gun. Find that guy. Because that guy, I guarantee you, didn't see a gun. Just said he's got a gun. 
Because guess what? The Secret Service, they pounced on the guy. He was taken and removed from the rally, but no gun, no charges, nothing of that sort. But if you look at these sort of, quote, alt-right websites, they're attacking Kreitz. They're saying it's a media cover-up. This guy receives death threats. This guy can't start a Facebook page anymore because it gets reported. And why? Because of a false narrative that he tried to kill Donald Trump? That's a false narrative. Come on. You're talking about how Hillary Clinton is a liar. Which she is. In a sense, we're all freaking liars. But you want to call Hillary Clinton a liar, yet you don't want to call all this lies, all this shambles, all this spin to try to paint Donald Trump as heroic for, for finishing a goddamn rally? You, you people realize that Trump had no say in the matter whatsoever, right? The Secret Service deemed it safe for him to continue. If the Secret Service deemed it unsafe for him to continue, he wouldn't have been able to go back out on that stage. They would have said, no, you're not going. So it's not Donald Trump being heroic, because that event, that scenario, that, uh, that narrative didn't happen. I can't sit here and attack Hillary Clinton on any basis and not attack Donald Trump. You can't either. That's part of being fair and balanced. That's part of being a level-headed human being. Looking at both sides and calling them out for both their crap. Now, for anybody thinking this guy's high and mighty for a uh, Gary Johnson supporter... Tighten your seatbelt because it's time for me to admit that my candidate isn't perfect. Now, everybody knows you can, you can go back, you can go back and check my episodes. I have staunchly reiterated time and again my support for Gary Johnson. And tomorrow, when I walk in the voting booth, I'll tell you right now, even though it's none of your business who I'm voting for, I will vote for Gary Johnson. I'm going to push the button for Gary Johnson. And why is that? Because back in 2012 when Gary Johnson ran, I didn't uh I didn't walk in that booth and pull the trigger on Gary Johnson. I was uh I was a little misguided kid voting for Mitt Romney. Why was I voting for Mitt Romney? Well, because I just thought he was the better option. I thought, you know, the system's a little broken up. We need a businessman in there, somebody who's managed finances, somebody who Mitt Romney took failing businesses and turned them around, turned them to profit. And I voted on that basis, but now I'm 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 a different guy. And I wasn't gonna play ball with the Republican Party. I, I you know, I was behind Rand Paul. Still am behind Rand Paul. Still I'm I'm gratefully looking forward. To see what Rand Paul does. Very interested in that. But when I saw that this was going to boil down to Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And I knew that that's what it was going to be. And I think a lot of people knew that's what it was going to be. We knew that it was too late to get behind a candidate and topple over Trump. And that's part of the problem with the Republican Party having... 17 candidates running. It was great. It was a great point earlier in this podcast when we were watching it and we kind of, we were all together watching it, right? And we watched it dwindle down from 17 candidates, two different debates, a, 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 a main card and a kitty table. It was great to have a diverse body up there, a lot of different ideas. But it was also what brought to pass Donald Trump. It was. There was too many people, and too many people split. So, Donald Trump took 30% of the vote. 30% of the vote. 30% of the vote, which was the majority. And then it quickly dwindled down between him and rather other unlikable people. Uh, for me, anyway, Ted Cruz, unlikable. Unlikable to me. Maybe it's his personality. Maybe it's a couple of key social differences that I have with the man. But 
I just couldn't sit through and, and, and get behind him. And when it came down to him and Trump, and uh, Kasich was still in the running too, I knew it was over. I knew it was over, and I started looking elsewhere. Because I knew the Democrats weren't going to have anything to offer me. Bernie Sanders fundamentally disagree with his philosophies. He's a genuine guy. Genuine guy. <clears throat> believes in what he says. Believes his way is the better way. That's how politics should work. He couldn't sell me on his ideas. He couldn't sell me on it being a good idea or a good practice. He couldn't sell me that his concept wouldn't bankrupt America somehow. Fundamentally changes our whole lifestyles. And for the most part, I don't think Americans have problems with their lifestyles per se. But I knew he wasn't going to get the seat. And now, through various other means, we've seen how the Democratic Party was not going to play ball and allow him a fair shot to dethrone Hillary. Because this, of course, was the year that uh, was groomed for Hillary Clinton to take. You know, it's her turn now. I don't know what it is about the Democratic Party that it turns into... Well, it's this person's turn now. It's this person's turn now. It's the same way in Delaware. If you break down Delaware politics, and I have a thing or two to say about Delaware in a little bit, Delaware politics seems so curtain jerker, coattail riding. Uh, hey, we groomed you up, and you're the next guy. Hey, we groomed you up, and you're the next guy. And it's not very fair in my mind. Politics isn't supposed to be grooming somebody up to take over the reins and keep going. It's supposed to be an exchange of ideas, you know, a competition, a debate, that type of thing. That's that's how I see it. So Gary Johnson, my choice for Gary Johnson. Let's 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 break it down. First off, my vote for Gary Johnson isn't a vote for Hillary Clinton. It isn't a vote for Donald Trump. It's not helping either one of those guys out. They needed to earn my vote. They didn't earn my vote because in my humble opinion, they're garbage. They're trash. They are Two of the worst choices that you could have came up with. You could put a steaming pile of cow dung up there. And it would garner more votes than Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. How do I know this? Because, as I've already stated in a prior episode, millennials would rather have a giant meteor end all life on Earth than live through either presidency at this point. So... My vote for Johnson isn't helping either of them. My vote for Johnson isn't the height of my white privilege. I hate reading articles like this. Oh, I'm, I'm a white male, so I can, I can afford to throw away my vote. I'm not throwing away my vote, you jackass. I am not throwing away my vote. That's you belittling me, belittling what I feel is the better direction for the nation. That is you unwilling to hear my argument, unwilling to hear my stance, unwilling to hear my approach. Because guess what? Not all white men are throwing their vote away because they don't care about feminine issues. They don't care about racial issues. They don't care about all these other things. Actually, we do. Very much so. But I'm not going to support, for, for instance, the Democratic Party who I believe... And I believe, you know, this is also the Republican Party. This is politics in general. And I think it's wrong. It's a divisive uh, maneuver and tactic. They break things down into demographics. The women vote. The white vote. The, 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 uh, the minority vote. Uh, the African American vote. The LBGTQ vote. Uh, and I know I'm missing letters in there because they add a goddamn letter every other week. It's a joke. I'm for your guys' rights. You're... Interesting human beings, fascinating creatures, and you. But at the end of the day, you're human beings, and I love you. That's that's where we're going with that. I'm not going to discriminate against you. I'm not going to debate <clears throat> other things. It's your life. Do what you will with it. It's none of my business. That's me as a white male under the age of thirty telling you that. I'm not trying to throw my vote away and I'm not trying to stifle anybody else's life. I'm really not. That I, I'm interested in the rights of mankind. Your inalienable rights. The, the rights that the government's supposed to care about. Your, your right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which has been stomped on 
continuously, time and again, because that's what power does to people. They stomp on other people's rights. That's where I started with Gary Johnson and the Libertarian Party. Get back to the basics. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and the Constitution. We have a system in place, and just because we have a system in place doesn't mean that the government has to have control over every little thing. There's that concept that you give it too much and it it crumbles and falls upon itself because it can't manage itself anymore. So that's what drew me to Gary Johnson. Now, Gary Johnson is not the perfect candidate. Far from the perfect candidate. I listened to John Stossel. Go on YouTube, look this up. John Stossel talked about his endorsement of Gary Johnson and Here's the thing. Yes, he's had his falterings and he's had his low points and he's had his his uh, aggravating moments. Gary Johnson flubbing on a lebo took a lot out of him. A lot more than he deserved to have taken out of him because it was a got you question from the media. The, the man who asked him about it even said that in an article that he wrote after that event happened. He said that it wasn't disqualifying that Trump and Clinton may have even faltered on the question themselves. But at the end of the day, it's the soundbite. What was the soundbite? The soundbite was, what would you do about Aleppo? And Gary Johnson going, what is Aleppo? And everybody lost their freaking minds. And it wasn't a good look for him. It does make you look dumb. You should be brushed up on your foreign policy. You should be brushed up on current events. If you're running for office, you should have that knowledge and be able to, you know, at least run with it afterwards. He did run with it afterwards. After it was told, after they told him, hey, it's the epicenter of the crisis in Syria. Oh, Syria. Well, let me tell you about this. And he did. He rolled with it, but it still was a stumbling block. Even bigger of a stumbling block is when you go on to Chris Matthews, and he asked you who your favorite international leader was at the time, and you couldn't name one. Really? You can't name one? You can't name one? You can't name Francois Hollande? You can't name, you know, Merkel? You can't name, uh, you couldn't name Vincente Fox. Not even that, that, that was a good option to throw out there. Couldn't even come up with Trudio. You can't name a foreign leader and you can't defend your stance of, you know what? You couldn't roll right off the tongue and say, I don't really, right now, no foreign leader because they're not promoting these principles or these ideas. You have to at least be able to do that. News clips of him sticking his tongue out and acting like a buffoon. Now, I'll tell you this, you probably didn't see this one, but he was actually on a panel about marijuana uh, discussion, the legalization of it, and a dissenting opinion up on the stage was talking about how uh, something along the lines of an increase of heart attacks happens when you uh, smoke pot, and he faked a heart attack on the stage. Now, that was funny. I laughed at that one. But still, Gary Johnson didn't have enough genuine moments out there to promote the idea, and he had some flubs, and he couldn't come back to it. And his biggest flub, his biggest flub of all, and it's a double-edged sword, his biggest flaw of all was selecting William Weld as his running mate. That uh, that has been the big story that's taken Twitter and social media by firestorm amongst libertarians Bill Weld as the VP choice. And why does Bill Weld collect the most flack? Because he turned Gary Johnson from his original running point when he was running just for the nomination. He got up on stage all the time and said, Donald Trump, no, no, no. Hillary Clinton, no, no, no. He was willing to criticize both of them equally. Then came Bill Weld. And came this attitude and this mindset that, no, no, no. We need to bash Trump. We need to focus on Trump. And we need to start calling Hillary Clinton good but misguided. We have to go soft 
on Clinton. Maybe Bill Weld's friendly with them. I don't exactly know, but Bill Weld has time and again gone up and said, you know, Hillary Clinton's a good kid. Well, he's only like a year older than her or something like that. But he said, good kid, uh, good public servant, totally unwilling to be pointing out the differences, pointing out why she would be the wrong candidate. You can talk all the live long day about why Trump is the wrong candidate. You're not going to win over more voters by just focusing on Trump and not focusing on Clinton and the Democratic liberal side of things and why you're the better option. Bill Weld was a softy. He was a softy. I've listened to several commentators on Reason Magazine, Reason TV, talk about this. Uh, you know, how many articles did I have to read about Bill Weld saying something? He, he went on the news and said, I'm here to vouch for, for Hillary Clinton. I'm here to vouch for her. What? What? What, what are you doing? What are you doing? I get the I get the the approach of not to be dirty all the time. Don't be dirty, but it's not dirty to question things. It's not dirty to speculate on news coverage on Hillary Clinton. It's not dirty to pose a question about things. It's dirty just to take poo and sling it, especially if there's no truth behind it. Ask this in part because you were um, um, assist, a deputy attorney general, assistant attorney general, assistant, assistant attorney, attorney general, 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 criminal division, me, the criminal right. division. Um, that's part of your your background and all of your and you've had a varied life in public service. What is your reaction to um, the emergence of the wild of uh, the FBI as a sort of wild card in these last these last days? What's your it, reaction to what James? It's did? incomprehensible, and, and I can't see it. Mr. Comey has a good background, but uh, there's nothing there, uh, so far as it appears, nothing there. So he wrote the letter to the eight. Republican committee chairs, copy to the Democrats, saying, uh, you know, some emails uh, have turned up. We've looked at a lot of emails, and now it turns out there are even more emails. We don't know what's there, so there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever that could be of interest to anyone until we conduct our multi-week, multi-month investigation. But I thought you'd all just like to know. Uh, I don't get that. Uh, that's violative of any number of uh, Justice Department protocols and procedures. You know, he should have gone to the public integrity section and say, what do you folks think? Mm -hmm. you know, it's a little bit of an odd situation because he's a former deputy attorney general as well as head of the FBI, so he may have trouble you know, keeping on only the investigator hat, forgetting that he's a former deputy attorney general. But it's not a good thing, and I think it's a, it's a distraction, and we should just ignore it because there's nothing there and get on with the business of the last week of the election. Well, when, when you say there's nothing there, the... The campaign, of which you are a part, put out this statement, uh, re-Clinton investigation, and they put it out over your photo, uh, you and Gary Johnson, and it says, the newest revelations about Hillary Clinton demonstrate why America should be scared of both Clinton and Trump. Uh, we have a system that's so corrupted that parents all over have to apologize to their children for the leadership we are giving them. This is about what, F what this was put out in response to what Jim Comey did. It sounds like you do not agree with this statement from your own campaign. That's correct. That's correct but they still kept it up over your photo. You know, uh, in fairness, Gary and I have not agreed on a number of substantive issues in this campaign. Tax mm. policy, we've had some influence on each other. I think I've had some influence on him on constructive engagement around the world. He's had some interest, uh, influence on me in criminal justice reform issues. So we, we keep talking them through. I, I talk with Gary every, every other day. We're on different coasts usually, mm -hmm. but we keep in touch. And yeah, no, I do not agree with that release. And now, I want you to listen to that. That was uh, on Maddow. That's, that's the clip I was referring to about Bill Weld. He says that he and Gary disagree over some things. Now, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think if you have... I, I think your, your president and your vice president aren't going to see eye to eye on everything. And it's something that I've said before necessarily you're not going to see eye to eye on everything and maybe we shouldn't see eye to eye on everything because we don't cover all our bases that way you know what else bill weld hasn't seen eye to eye with on gary johnson the the seriousness of the campaign he hasn't seen eye to eye on on what the goal is People should know that I'm voting Gary Johnson knowing that 
he isn't going to win the presidency of the United States of America. I get that. It's not That doesn't mean I'm throwing away my vote. It means that, quite frankly, I'm voting for something different. I'm not trying to be high and mighty here and saying that you all are promoting the same old, same old, but some of you are doing just that. Some of you are saying that voting outside of the two realms is a bad thing, a bad idea, a bad approach. It's bad. You shouldn't do it. You should just conform to these two. And if you can't find a way to do it, then get over yourself. Well, I don't get over myself in that sense. I go for what I believe is the better option. There needs to be some kind of political evolution with American politics. Some kind of evolution. Because what we have here is stalemate, gridlock, 50-50. The Democratic Party doesn't represent everybody that's a Democrat. The Republican Party doesn't represent everybody that's a Republican. And guess what? The Libertarian Party doesn't represent everybody that's a Libertarian. There's a lot of people upset over Bill Weld as the choice because he fits the same Gary Johnson build, former Republican governor. I don't know who convinced Gary to go this route. I don't know if it was his choice, if it was influencing from other people. I can't vouch for that. But it goes along with the marketing scheme. Two Republican governors in states that had more Democrats and more liberals, who were elected twice, who had good favorability ratings, who got things done, who generally don't have dirty things on their record. Because they don't. You'll notice that all the negative media towards Gary Johnson was over pot and over his flubs. That was it. That's all they could dig up on Gary Johnson. Pot, flubs, and how he says... Things can be handled by charity, yet doesn't donate to charity. And, well, Bill Weld not being on the same page with him and shilling for Hillary Clinton. It would appear, it would appear, that to me sounded like shilling for Hillary Clinton. Let's attack Comey for doing his job. That's the sad part. James Comey was in, was, was caught between a rock and a hard place in doing his job. It's a no-win situation for James Comey. And by the way, there's been press articles put out since the last episode that I talked about it where I said James Comey was in a catch-22 and released the information in fear of it being leaked. That's why he did it. But what happens? Oh, the Democrats get on his case because he decides to take the initiative and say, look, we found this. We got to look at it. We're going to do it. I'm telling you now, so it doesn't get leaked. Because it would have got leaked, and then he would have caught flack from the Republicans. Why didn't you come out with this? Why didn't you tell us you were doing this? He informed both parties. You heard Bill Wells say he informed both parties. For doing his job. Which he caught flack for when he suggested that Clinton shouldn't be prosecuted criminally. Months ago. What else did he say in there? He said, she is guilty of stuff. People have done this and and suffered consequences. So there you go. There you have it. Bill Weld was a bad choice for the Libertarian Party. And when I say I vote for Gary Johnson, people will notice I don't really pass around Johnson-Weld stuff. I pass around Gary Johnson stuff. Bill Weld I could care less about. Why am I still pushing for Gary Johnson? Because at the end of the day, I still think he's a good person with less drama and baggage around him than, uh, I don't know, say, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. But the other reason is 5% nationally. Why? Why 5% nationally? Because Gary Johnson gets 5% nationally. The party's next presidential candidate will be eligible 
for federal election funds. You don't get that unless you crack 5%. You don't get matching funding. And unfortunately right now, money makes politics go around. You can't run for office if you don't have money. Otherwise, I would run for I would run for office if I knew how to do it without the money because I don't have money. I'm very interested in 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 politics in that. Could I pursue a career in it? I don't like saying pursue a career in politics. But I could pursue service in politics for sure. I don't have money for it. 5% unlocks federal funding. It also does things on certain state levels. This is from Reason.com, posted by Brian Dougherty. How Gary Johnson's vote percentages will affect the Libertarian Party ballot access state by state. How about this? 0.5%, and this is a state breakdown, 0.5% gets the Libertarian Party full ballot access without the needs to spend time and money on petitioning for 2018 in Michigan and New Mexico. 1% gets the Libertarian Party full ballot access without need to spend time and money on petitioning in 2018 for Kansas, Maryland, Nevada, Wisconsin. It would earn such access in both 2018 and 2020 in Oregon. It would earn such access only for the president slot in 2020 in Connecticut. 2% gets the Libertarian Party full ballot access without the need to spend time and money on petitioning in 2018 in Iowa. It would earn such access in both 2018 and 2020 in Kentucky, Missouri, Montana, North Carolina, and Utah. 2.5 gets the Libertarian Party full ballot access without the need to spend time and money on petitioning in, in 2018 in Oklahoma and Washington, D.C. 5% gets the Libertarian Party full ballot access without the need to spend time and money on petitioning in 2018 for North Dakota, Tennessee, and Texas. It would earn both 2018 and 2020 in Arizona, Louisiana, Minnesota, Nebraska, Rhode Island, and Washington State. Some states have even higher hurdles. And a group of state give third parties no special ballot access benefits, no matter how well they perform. Those include California, my own Delaware, Florida, Indiana, Mississippi, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, South Carolina, South Dakota, Vermont, West Virginia, Wyoming. 5%, the article goes on to state, quote, 5% nationally would be an amazing thing for the Johnson campaign and the Libertarian Party. But what really matters for ballot access moving forward is what happens state by state. So is Fritz a down-ticket libertarian voter in Delaware this year? I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you that. But I'll tell you this about Delaware. Delaware has probably the worst media layout for politics ever. Delaware is God, awful with it. I had to go digging the the governor debate. Well, I guess the gubernatorial debate, which is the dumbest word on the face of the planet. Gubernatorial. Dumb. The, the gubernatorial debate and the House candidates debate. I had to go digging for that. I had to go digging on some website from University of Delaware because Delaware doesn't have a news channel. Delaware relies on 6ABC, and pretty much Philly. The tri-state area is, is what Delaware falls under, uh, except if you go down south. But I had to go digging for the video for the gubernatorial debate and the, and the congressional debate, the House debate, to, uh, to, to watch it. And there was only one. They were both about 50 minutes to an hour long. Uh, and they were both insanely restricted on time. Uh, and I'm like, why? How is it that restricted on time for a governor's debate that's not on a freaking public network? It's not on TV. And I had to go digging for it. It's on C-SPAN now. You can watch it on C-SPAN. I had to go digging before it popped up, before I could find it. And that's a sad state of, of Delaware politics. Every, everything else is only what you can read. And Delaware's major newspaper, the News Journal, is trash. It's garbage. Delaware's News Journal is insanely biased. 
insanely biased, and it's being bought out by USA Today. It's almost going entirely to USA Today ownership. So it's not even really a local thing anymore. It's not It's not that hometown newspaper to read anymore, but it's the leading one in Delaware. But it's trash. It is garbage. It is not even worth toilet paper at this point. And I had to go, I had to go digging around. I had to go around to figure out who Colin Benini was, who John Carney was, and John Carney is pretty much just the disenfranchised loser against current governor Jack Markell. Jack Markell took the party's nomination and said, hey, Carney, take a back seat. I'll give you some jobs. And now it's the Kurt Tail thing again. It's let's set things up for Carney to take over. No, I don't want Carney. I don't want this leadership because Delaware has been stale and stagnant for far too long. Far too long. And it's such a buddy-buddy political system. The only people that get voted for are the known names. Are the known names. People won't even put a thought in the vote. They'll just wait for Biden to show up. They'll just wait for Joe Biden to show up and say, hey, you should vote for these people because I like them. And half of Delaware will go along with that. They'll just say, that's what Joe Biden said. and He's vice president. He should. He, I guess he knows. He won't even put thought into it. Maybe there'll be surprising results this year because one of the highlights, one of the highlight moments in the debate, in the Delaware debate, was when Colin Benini, the Republican, when he got up and they were asked questions about marijuana legalization. It was the Republican. It was Colin Benini who said, uh, yeah, it's working out in these other states and we should just legalize it. And Carney, Carney, the Democrat, Carney said, nah, nah, we should see how it works out in these other states first. You know, we can be a follower. John Carney, what I got from out of that debate, especially at that point, John Carney said Delaware should be a follower. Delaware should sit back and see how other people do things and then copy it. That's not the kind of leadership that I want in Delaware. I don't want Delaware to fall back and be a follower. We're the first state. We were the first to ratify the Constitution. We didn't sit around and wait to see if everybody else was going to do it. We were the first to do it. I didn't like John Carney's answer. And I didn't like his attitude during it because it seemed to me like Carney was a guy who was stuck doing a debate. Like he was like, I got to do this out of formality. I got to do this to make it look like we're doing something. Colin Benini at least was enthusiastic when he got up there, and he does have a point. Delaware has been under Democratic leadership, I think, since like 1992. And it seems like Delaware just has increasingly more problems, especially with its budget. But he was right. And he did put focus on Wilmington. He did put focus on some of the bigger issues that Delaware needs to tackle. So maybe I'll vote for him. Maybe. I'm not going to dive into who I'm voting for on the state local levels, but Delaware, to me, garbage job of promoting the options. Garbage job of getting the information out there. And some of that might lie in the candidates. The Republican Party in Delaware, I'll say, and I can say it because I'm not associated with them anymore, terribly disorganized, doesn't spend the money that they need to spend to promote their ideas and their their goals. Probably because they think Newcastle County runs the state. It doesn't. It does have the higher population of the other two counties, but it doesn't run the state. So you don't take a step back and not try to win people over. You have to aggressively campaign. You have to aggressively promote. And you have to get quality candidates to do it. But I felt I felt so almost lost having to dig for this information, not having it readily available because the, apparently the presidency is more important than anything else. And it's not, people. That's the final point of the podcast today. It's not the end of the world on Tuesday, on tomorrow when we vote. It's not the end of the world. If Donald Trump wins, we're not all doomed. If Hillary Clinton wins, we're not all doomed. I know I've been saying that, and it's in fact a fact and true that we are doomed. We're not. We're not doomed. But 
I'm tired of seeing everybody saying, I just want it to be over. I want election day to come and go so we can be past this. This is far from over, people. Far from over. This is just the beginning. Because we have four years to get through. I will make this bold prediction right now. These two candidates, they're one-term presidents. Period. The end. Both parties will allow them to be primaried. That's if they even bother to run again. But both parties will gladly, gladly let them be primaried in four years. I can see it now. The Republican Party is pretty much already fractured and broken at this point. Not that that is a bad thing. The Republican Party did in fact need a wake-up call. It needed a wake-up call and it needed to invo- it needed to evolve and it is evolving right now. Thanks in part to Donald Trump. It's just that Donald Trump wants to evolve it in the wrong way. In the very wrong way. This is the point where true conservative principled people will have to decide it's either going to be a very picky choosy party or you get out of the current setup of it and go for something new. I think you're going to see a lot of dynamic things. If I can make some bold predictions about uh, the election coming up. I think... Let me stop before I get ahead of myself. But the Republican Party... The GOP, it's going to have to go through an evolution of sorts. And it's, it's, it's telling whether it'll be an easy transition or a rough transition and whether or not it'll actually be under the GOP banner or if it'll be some, through some other means. It'll be very interesting, to say the least. Now, if I can make some bold predictions for the election coming up. Mind you, these aren't necessarily what I want to happen. Uh... If anything, I would say I'd want Gary Johnson to magically win it all, and we'd all be fine. But, barring a miracle, that's not going to happen. So I hope for his 5% winning for the benefits for the Libertarian Party. Do I think he's going to get to 5%? I don't know. Because one of the other big failings of Gary Johnson, and I should have said this when I was talking about them, sorry, it's my scrambled mind and how it works, Evan McMullen has been more effective in trying to lock up and secure one state, Utah, namely. Evan McMullen has been more effective at trying to secure one state and pulling better in one state than Gary Johnson has nationwide. And in about half the amount of time as Gary Johnson. That's sad. That is sad. But, bold predictions. Bold predictions. Gary Johnson gets the 5%. He just cracks 5% of the national vote. That unlocks federal funding, but it also shows, oh my God, people actually like the fringe candidates. Bold prediction number two. We have a repeat of the 2000 election. Donald Trump will win the popular vote. Whether it's by a couple of percentage points or not, I don't know. But Donald Trump will secure the popular vote, but Hillary Clinton will win the Electoral College. Hillary Clinton will secure the 270. She will, she will win that because she did it strategically. She went on a good ground game, and Donald Trump hasn't done it on a good ground game. Donald Trump has done it on a generalized approach now mind you again get over your biases get over some of the other things you got going on I do not want either of these individuals to win pretty much equally I don't have a preference to either one I do not like both of them I think both of them will drag this nation in the wrong direction my bold prediction is just what I think is going to happen it's not whether or not I agree with it or want it to happen. I think Hillary Clinton gets the electoral votes that she needs. And I would rather Evan McMullen win Utah and affect a block. Bold prediction number three. Evan McMullen squeaks by and steals Utah and gets the electoral votes. It doesn't make the block happen. But he gets electoral votes, which is unprecedented for an independent candidate to do. 
if he doesn't, if he doesn't win, because this Trump's uh, right now, Trump 538 still gives Trump an 84.4% chance at winning Utah, gives McMullen a 12.4 chance. Let's say this. If he doesn't win electoral votes, if he doesn't win Utah, which is unprecedented, let's say that it's unprecedented and is most likely not going to happen, he's he's still probably going to take a large chunk of votes in Utah, and it's going to not look so hot. If if McMullen does that, he if McMullen does that, if he takes a large chunk of votes but doesn't win, Trump takes Utah. And I really I'm interested to see how the electoral fight plays out because it's either going to highlight the fact that you need to strategically approach how you're going to sweep up electoral votes versus how popular you are and how how the general consensus of you is. All that being said, my brother Punk, of course, texted me the other day over the weekend, which I've, you know, it's been a weekend to myself. It hasn't been that bad. It's been pretty, pretty laid back and chill, if you know what I mean. He sent me a text message, and I'm going to pull it up. Give me one second here. Here it goes. Friday, he sends me a text message. Care for a friendly wager. Me. Oh, Lord, here we go. Him. If Trump wins, you buy me a six-pack of Old Dominion Double D IPA, and you do the Eat My Words podcast show. If you don't remember, a couple of episodes back, uh, I, I read text messages between me and Punk, and he said, you're going to do an Eat My Words episode when Trump wins. We all know Punk at this point on the show. Lovely cast of characters we have here. Punk's for Trump. Uh, by the way, shockingly, Loy, remember Loy, Legacy of Loy, LOL, he's for Trump. He's for Trump, too. Not surprised because Loy is a giant douchebag. Yeah, we're in that part of the show now. We're nothing serious anymore. Loy, you're a douchebag. You probably haven't listened. You're probably not even listening right now. I'm going to have Loy on the show eventually. Here we go. Uh, so he said, that Eat My Words podcast episode, that will be presented by Punk. I'm already working on the audio for it because Trump very likely couldn't win the election. It's crazy, right? Um, I said, okay, give me till tomorrow to figure it out. I'll find a counter offer for this, you know, debate. Or for this bet. I said, okay, I accept. Should Hillary win, which we all lose. You'll owe me a six-pack of Old Dominion Barrel Stout and whatever you classify as a decent cigar. Done, he said. Then I posted him the sweet Meteor of Death 2016 picture because that is the only way we all win. Sweet Meteor of Death. I'm switching my vote from Gary Johnson to Sweet Meteor of Death. Somber playout music for today. This, this is it for the show. It's been a lovely edition of FritzCast. I hope I packed a lot of information, a lot of perspective in here for you people. Uh, why the somber music? I don't know. I wanted to switch things up. But I do want to say this for all you people out there. I'm not one to... I'm not going to be this guy that says, go out and rock the vote. Um, I'm going to say, you should have informed yourself up to this point. If you haven't informed yourself up to this point on the election, I'm not going to be that guy that encourages you to go out and vote anyway. Figure out what candidates line up with your principles, with uh, with your idea of where the nation should go, what uh, what you think is best for this nation. And that, that goes from the top of the ticket, from president, all the way down uh, to your local state senators and your city council people. Hopefully you've taken the time to figure it out, and if you haven't, hopefully you figure it out before tomorrow. When you go into the booth, don't let media, don't let people like me even, don't let anybody shake you from what you feel is best. And your vote, your voice, your decision. These candidates had to go out and earn your vote. So, make sure that they earned it. After tomorrow comes and goes and we know who the president is, we know who our new representatives are, it's not over. 
the world isn't over, but neither is this political gridlock that we're in. So, it's time for us to stand up, figure out what we want, start pushing forward that quality. That's how we make progress. Thanks for listening, guys. Like, share, comment, and I'll see you next week, if not sooner. Tomorrow is election day. Fritzcast. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Follow along at the Fritzcast Facebook page and on Twitter at FritzQS.